in the topic of prayer. Amen. Lord, teach us to pray. So our reading is coming from the book of Matthew 6. Verse 5. Lord, teach us to pray. And it reads, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love pray to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in the secret, and thy Father which is in the secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in earth as it is in heaven. So we're just going to start from there. So when we look at Jesus, Jesus had started teaching his disciples to pray because the disciples had come to Jesus and asked to say, Lord, how do you pray? Because when you pray, you receive reward. You, you receive answers. When you pray, things happen. When you pray, things change. But as we've been praying all along, and yet there is nothing. So then we see Jesus Christ here teaching them to say, we have to first pray to the Father in heaven. So the first thing is, who are we addressing our prayers to? That should be our starting point. Who am I praying to when I come or when I come to pray? Who am I praying to? So that's why I say we have to pray our Father who is in heaven. And then later on he says, hallowed be thy name. To hallow is more like to praise, to give thanks. So now when we go to the book of Psalms 104, let us go there. And it says, enter, oh, sorry, are we there? Psalms 100, verse 4. Are we there yet? And it Psalms 100 verse 4. And it reads, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. Don't forget the Bible scripture is saying, Hallowed be thy name. And he is telling us to be thankful, to praise him, and to bless his 
name. So which means the starting point in our prayer, yes, is addressing our prayer to the Father. But we also, as immediately after we're done addressing our prayer to the Father, we have to thank Him. We have to hallow His name. We have to give Him praise for what He has done. We have to give Him praise for what He is yet to do. Why? Because He created the universe. He has finished your life even before you begin it. And the way it is in our life is we are just supposed to walk in accordance with what he has predestined for us. But many other times we do not know why we are going through circumstances and situation and therefore we end up complaining. We end up telling God why. But we have to understand that certain times what God does is he makes us go through process. So we have to learn to appreciate the process while we are going to our destination. If you look at Joseph, I like the story of Joseph because God had showed Joseph his destiny before. While he was still at his father's house. But little did he know that in order for him to fulfill his destiny and his purpose, there was a process. And the process, if Joseph had known of the process, Joseph would have said, Why should I go forward? So it was when God saw that Joseph was ready to endure the process that God initiated the process. So God initiated the process through which Joseph would get to his dream. Joseph, God initiated the process through which Joseph would get to where he was going. So we find that God is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So which means our stories and our life stories have already been written by God. It's just for us to walk through them. But you find that many other times, instead of us walking with thanking him, we walk and complain and murmur. And that's why you find that our blessings or we find that our progress is hindered. So when we look at the children of Israel, they had complained and murmured. And you find that what God had done with that generation that had complained and murmured is he ensured that they don't get to their promised land. So God can purpose something for you, but the fact that you are complaining and murmuring, you do not attain it. Why? Because sometimes we may lose so many things along the way to our destination. But that doesn't mean that those things are gone forever. And also we are to be glad to say that, okay, in as much as I've lost so many things, I still have something. And we have to thank God for what we have remained with. Because what we have remained with may be what God may want to start with. Because when you look at the woman who had fed uh, Elijah, she just said, I have just oil and a little flour. Just for me and my children to eat and then later on we die. But then she obeyed and later on you find that she had more. So God can use what you have remained with to multiply and to bless you. That's why you have to be grateful at each and every point. Let us go to the book of Hebrews 13 verse 15. Lesser, 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 oh, and I feel why. 
Hebrews 13:15 Okay and it says by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name so which means when you are praising God it is a sacrifice before God and the way it is with sacrifices is God always rewards those who are sacrificing so even when you're saying, thank you, Jesus, you've gone through a circumstance and a situation, you're just saying, thank you. God says, okay. She's thanking me through the process. Let's take her through the next. So just because you're in the process and the process doesn't look good, doesn't mean the destination is not good. So that's why Jesus Christ said, starting point, Alpha, what in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're thanking him for what you are going through, what you're going through, what you're doing, and everything that he has already done. If you cannot thank God for what he has done up to where you are, God cannot take you to your knees. Because he requires you to thank him through all these situations and circumstances. So you have to sometimes sit and reflect. Okay, Malesa, Epoval, Fisher, Patan. Let me just thank him from then till now. Let me take time to appreciate everything. If Kwati, maybe let me give an example. Mark does something good. The time you tell him, ah, chicha chamiwanza chitanchabuin. So same same nalesa. Gamam tashe a party fin to few ashta. That's why thanking God is important. That's why Jesus Christ did not start with prayer request. started with thanking. If you look at most scriptures that talk about prayer, you find that they talk about thanksgiving every, nearly everywhere where I've read. So thanksgiving is very important. It's a sacrifice before God. And when you thank him, you even give him more reason for him to do good. For him to do what he has already done for you. Times 10, times 5. Okay. So now back to murmuring and complaining. Let's go to Philippians 2 verse 14. It says, do all things without murmurings and disputing. Other versions say, do all things without murmuring and complaining. Remember the example that I've given you. The children of Israel murmured against God. Because they didn't love the conditions. They did not realize that they were in the process towards attaining their promised land. And when they murmured and complained, what happened? They did not, that generation did not enter the promised land. The next generation that came and entered it. So every time we 
we complain and mama, it doesn't change the situation. Because the same energy that we need to be grateful to God is the same energy we use to complain and mama. The only difference is when we are murmuring and complaining is our confidence begins to die. Our happiness begins to die. And we enter into a state of depression. We enter into different states of feeling down. But yet, when we are grateful to God, or when we are just grateful, there's that joy. Is that happiness? Is that peace? So that's what thanksgiving can do. So we are not supposed to murmur or complain. We are only supposed to be thankful. Why? Because the Bible says all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. So it doesn't look like it's working for your good, but it is. Okay. So we have to get to a point of saying thank you. I'm going through this, Lord, thank you. This situation seems hard, Lord, thank you. Because sometimes what God does is he puts you through a situation in order for him to build you. So you may be praying against something and God is using that something to build you. Amen. So you can go back to Matthew 6. So now we're on verse 10. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Amen. So verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So when we look at the kingdom of God, it's just like a government system. So each and every government system has its own set of laws. So asking the kingdom of God to come and invade was simply asking for the laws and the rules of God to work. It is not the laws and the rules of the world that will work for us. It is the laws and the rules of God that will work for us. So asking the kingdom to come is simply asking for everything that is of God to come. When Jesus Christ came, he came to teach kingdom. So the church is different. It's part of the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is wider. So probably later on, we'll look at the kingdom in our teaching. Then it says, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So your will, God, is supposed to be done. What you have purposed for my life should be done as I'm still on earth. As you have already completed it in heaven. Remember the prayer point that I gave, the one that he said, Lo, behold, I walk in the volume of the books as it is written of us. So the books are not on earth. They are in heaven. For Isaiah to write about Jesus, he had to be carried in the spirit and he wrote about Jesus from heaven. And the manifestation was on earth. That's why the Bible says the word became flesh. So it was already written, but it just had to manifest. So even over your life, God has already purposed something. He has already written to say this one will be successful because God has never written somebody out as a failure from the Bible. Even in life generally, that is not God's standard. He has never written, say, this one, this is where they will end. No. 
Why? Because God's will is for you to be prosperous. God's will for you is for you to have healing. God's will for you is written in the Bible. So that's why you have to cry and say, Oh God, let your will be done. If you have a problem in a certain area, for instance, you are sick, go and look for God's will on healing in the Bible and just pray that scripture out. If you are in a certain circumstance and situation, look for God's will because it is already written. So the Bible says, He has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness, that we may live perfectly in a world that is perversed and corrupt. So you have to look through the Bible. What did God say about my situation? In Ananaka, Lord, let your will prevail. Your will says that you want me to be prosperous. It's written, Lord, there. Show him his word. Don't show him your word. Amen. So your what God has purposed for you is already written in heaven. He finished it even before he started it. And then he allowed you to come on the face of the earth so that he could work it through. So look for the will of God over your life. Look for what God has given you. Okay? And then now it says, Give us this day our daily bread. Many other times people say, Jesus was not referring to bread, bread, bread. He was referring to the word of God. That's why he says, Man shall not live by bread only, but by every word. That proceeded out of the mouth of God. And then when we go to the book of John, Jesus was referring to the word of God as unleavened bread. It says that I haven't done research on the book of John, but I remember it's written somewhere. Okay? So, the word of God is like food. It is food for your spirit. Okay? So we have to cry to say, God, give me the food for my today. Give me your word for today. Why do we cry that prayer? Because if you look at it, we basically live by words. 90% of our lives is lived by words. It's either we live by our own words the words that others have spoken over our lives or the word of God. So when we live by our words, these are things that we have told ourselves. In eternal, this is so you find that those words stick and your body reacts to what you're speaking. Proverbs 18 21 it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that use their mouth, they shall eat of the fruits thereof. So which means your weight can be made manifest. So certain situations because you are living by your weight. And then the words of others, others can speak words over your life. Words that have been spoken over your life cannot have an effect unless you let them get to you. And then now we have the word of God. 
The word of God is life. So I said, you have to look for your situation and say, God, you said in your word. You said in your word. Give me my daily bread. Here on, give me my daily bread. Lord, give me my daily bread. I just need one word to live upon. That's why sometimes when we are distressed, when we are sad, when we are depressed, when we are down, we do not go looking for things. It's just one word of encouragement and we are. So even just from God, all we need is one word for us to run. One word for us to keep moving each and every day. So we need to cry to God, say, God, give me my daily bread. I need to eat. My spirit longs for you. My spirit wants something that can make me move into my next. Amen. So it is words that we live by. Words that discourage us. They are words that encourage us. It is words. So crying for daily bread is you crying to God to speak to you concerning what he wants you to do today. Because he has already written your today in life. He wrote it even before you came upon the face of the earth. So you have to go and cry and say, God, I want my daily bread today. I want you to speak today. What are you saying over this circumstance? What are you saying over this day? So you have to cry to God. God, I just want one word. One word for me is enough. So we have to cry for our daily bread and say, Oh God, give me my daily bread. Amen. And then verse 12, it says, And forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Initially, today I was supposed to be teaching about mercy, the mercy of God. But then the Holy Spirit told me I should teach on prayer. So it says, Forgive us our debt, or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. Okay. So we have to get to a point where we forgive others of their wrong. Um, why should we forgive others? Because when you hold something against somebody else, you're just holding yourself from progressing. Why? Because God showed you mercy so that you can show mercy to others. And that mercy is shown through forgiving others. Because he has forgiven you of all your sin. So then why shouldn't you forgive others of all their sins. So when we're learning about mercy, we'll get into depth on this one. I'll even give you a parable. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. So it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the reason Jesus Christ was teaching his disciples to cry like this is because there are a lot of things that tempt us. And certain times we may be tempted even beyond our scope. But sometimes you can cry and say, God, me, do not lead me into temptation. I know myself. But deliver us from evil. So it is not man who delivers. It is God. And we don't know what evil each and every one of us may be going through. So we have to cry to God, say, deliver me. 
Because you are the only one who knows your circumstance best. So you have to cry, Lord, deliver me from this. Lord, deliver me from that. And speak it out for yourself. Because God's kingdom is focused on freedom. That's why he says, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Why? Because it is God's kingdom and intention for you to be free. It is God's intention and intention for you to have power. It is God's intention for you to be free from evil. Amen. So when Jesus Christ was teaching the disciples this template, it wasn't for them to pray it exactly as it is said. It was just for them to be able to know how they are supposed to go. What areas are they supposed to touch as they are praying? Amen. So this was not comprehensive. At this time, Jesus Christ was teaching them according to where they were. At this time, because they did not receive the Holy Spirit, so he was teaching them just by heart. Okay? So now, when we begin to pray, yes, we can use this template, and we should use this template as a starting point. But then later on, we are supposed to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Because at this point in time, these disciples did not receive the Holy Spirit. He was teaching men to pray, men minus the Holy Spirit. But then later on, he told them, tarry here in Jerusalem and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay? So, we have to pray like this. Why? Because sometimes when we have things against others, we are hindering our blessing. We are also hindering our friend's blessing. Because it is in most circumstances that God uses other people to bless you. So now imagine that God wants to use that one who you held a grudge for to bless you. How will they bless you? They won't. Why? Because also them, they are not progressing. If you have. So we have to cry to God. We have to ask Him to forgive. He will help us to learn to forgive. Last week we were learning about love. Love does not hurt. Love does not hurt. Love does not boast. So we have to learn the ways of God. We have to learn to let go. We have to learn to be merciful. So this is how we pray as a starting point. Then there is praying under the Holy Ghost, which is praying in tongues. So when we go to the book, let's go to the book of Acts 2. Sorry, let's start from Acts 1, verse 8. Or verse 7. Let's, say, let's start from verse 7. And it says, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times and the season which the Father hath put in his power, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, 
and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Do we see Jesus promising them tongues? No, right? Jesus Christ says, you shall receive power that you may be my witnesses. Amen. And then now when we look at chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So at this point, when the Holy Spirit came, he gave them a new language. So the language was tongues. But if you look at what Jesus Christ had said, Jesus Christ had said, you shall receive power. He didn't say you shall receive language. So that when you look at what Jesus Christ had said, when the Holy Ghost, what? Comes upon you. So the Holy Ghost rested upon them. And he is the one who gave them tongues. So the reason for giving them tongues is because he gave them power through those tongues. Why? Because the power is in faith. But as I said last week, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But when we go to Jude 1.20, it says, Faith is built by praying in the Holy Ghost. So the power that God gave us is for us to grow our faith. Because it took so many years for certain other believers in the Old Testament for them to come into what God had promised them. Why? Because they had to walk through the process for them to grow their faith up to a certain level. But for us, we can grow our faith just by praying in So there are different ways of praying, but these are the fundamentals that we need to know. So the utterance comes from the Holy Ghost. And it is not him who speaks, it is you who speaks the tongues. And tongues are a power gift that help you grow your faith. And they help edify your spirit. They help your spirit become charged. Why? Because in the Olden Testament, they didn't choose to live and walk under grace. But now as we walk under grace, so which means we are helped by the Spirit. So prayer is important. And it is So in as much as we can pray anytime, anywhere, each and every one of us is supposed to have a prayer time. The reason why is when you don't have a prayer time, and certain times when you say, ah, kapepa, kapepa, you will never pray. So you have to have a certain time to say, okay, my prayer time is 22, my prayer time is 21, and 21 from there, you keep it consistently, 21, 21, 21. Why? Because you are programming your mind. You are programming your mind for you to be consistent. What the devil wants you to do is not to be consistent with your prayer life. What the devil does is distract us. 
So if you say 21, Lord, I give you 21 hours to 22. It will just be me, you and the world. And you spend that time to devote it to God. Then you will see progress. Because don't forget in the same Matthew 6, it says, if you pray in the secret place, in your closet, God will reward you where? Open. So which means he rewards you for the prayers that you make in the secret place, in the open. It doesn't reward you for reading your word. It rewards you for praying. But that doesn't mean you should neglect the word of God. It also has its place in your life. So prayer is important. That's the foundation of every Christian. That's the foundation that we will stand upon. Okay? So certain times you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you to pray. That's why he's there. He's there to help you. Because Jesus Christ says, I will send a helper, a comforter, the one who's going to teach you all things. Because not everything that we learn do we learn from people speaking to our lives. No, certain things we learn from the Holy Spirit. I can even ask, Holy Spirit, how do I pray? So then there, there are times also you're supposed to pray for those in power and in government. Why? Because if they are not ruling you according to God's standard and righteousness, we'll all, we'll all suffer. So we have to pray that they rule us in accordance with God's standards and righteousness. That we may rejoice. Amen? So these are the fundamentals on how to pray. So then when you look at these prayers, the, the, Jesus Christ teaching to pray, you find that Jesus Christ was teaching to say, majority of your prayer point is more of responsibility and it is about you. Because everything that I will be giving you is for a certain responsibility that I've already given unto you. Amen? So that's how we pray. So we have to bear in mind every time we're praying. We pray in accordance with the word of God. Why? Because before God... Everything we said hasn't have value. The only value that we have is the word of God. So even as I pray, look into the word. Because for every situation, there is a word out there. Amen. <laughs>